Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Conor Nessler, and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Sure. We're going to discuss today the paper called To Comply or Not to Comply, How UEFA Wage Revenue Requirement Might Affect the Sport and Managerial Performance of Soccer Clubs. It has two authors, Pedro Garcia del Barrio from University of Navarra in Spain and Pablo Agnese from Universita International de Catalunya and the Institute of Labor Economics in Germany. Now it's my turn to talk a little bit about what the paper is about. The paper puts the focus on this relationship between financial practices, let's say good financial practices, and sports performance. So the authors claim that it's not only that good financial practices are important for the healthy development of the sports, but also that they might have an impact on how well the clubs perform. Specifically, the authors use soccer or football, and they look at the regulatory framework from FIFA, specifically the financial fair play framework. And just to remember, so the framework actually what is trying to regulate, so clubs should not overspend. So clubs should spend according to the financial means. This meaning that clubs can't spend on wages what they are not able to obtain in revenues. The break-even requirement that is sort of the benchmark for this framework allows clubs still to incur in losses up to 30 million euros, I believe, which is a lot more than I can afford myself to <laughs> incur in losses. I will have to double check with my <laughs> bank, but I think I cannot go that high. And there's also change that will be implemented by the 25 and the clubs could be overspending up to 60 million. In any case, Delphos actually here mentioned a battery of papers that link financial fair play to changes in competitive balance in different leagues. So they talk about the literature and they mention how they can contribute to this and also how the financial fair play can actually have an impact on the objectives of the clubs. However, they are not trying to understand these two relationships. They are really trying to understand how a more, let's say, healthier managerial practices for the clubs, financial practices can influence performance. So they use what they call the wage to revenue ratio to tackle this problem. And then they look at a bunch of performance measures and the different leagues for the clubs. So some of points in the domestic leagues or the chances that the clubs have to qualify for UEFA competitions. That's exactly what they're trying to understand. But Corner, can you tell us a little bit more about the data that they use? Sure, Carlos, I can do that. So basically, you covered half of my part. It doesn't matter. You did a very good job. So first, I think it is interesting to understand why they chose these countries. And Carlos already gave a very good explanation for that because we are interested in clubs that might potentially overspend. And if we think about clubs in Europe that might do that, those clubs probably are not from smaller leagues like maybe the Netherlands or Belgium. No, here they focus on four big leagues. So they include Spain, Italy, England, and France. And that intuitively, if you ask me, makes a lot of sense because, yeah, it is more reasonable to assume that Manchester City is overspending compared to 
AZ Alkma from the Netherlands. And what is really nice about their data is that they say, you know what, we're not only looking at one year, we're looking at several years. So they're looking at this time period from 2009, 2010 until 2018, 2019. And here then they include very nice data, data which in for other sports often is not available, but here they exploit the data set. They say, we have access to wage. So they know how much a team spends on wages. And if you're interested in that, you can imagine we are interested in it. We actually discussed the wages that you see in table one in the very nice paper, because for us, that was super interesting before we began this podcast. So before starting, we actually discussed the wages that we see over there. So they're interested in that. And there are three things or three variables that they're especially interested in. And here is what they want to know more about. The first one is number of points in domestic league. Obviously, because suppose you overspend or underspend, maybe that influences the points that you make in your league and then annual wages. And finally, uh, what they're interested most in is the wage to revenue ratio. So here they want to see what happens when clubs over and underspend in these leagues. So I think now it is time for us to hear the results. Tadeo, what do the authors find? Yeah, it's my turn. Well, it's difficult to summarize because really they have so many different specifications, a lot of tables, robustness checks. So I really try to see what get my attention all over this. Let's say in the beginning with the baseline, they put all leagues together, make many different specifications and what they got overall was as greater is the financial responsibility. So not overspending better this poor performance. For many football fans, it might be somehow counterintuitive. People think, ah, let's spend a lot and have a better performance. But they saw that, well, somehow this idea behind the financial fair play is positive for the football in Europe as well. So they put fixed uh, effects models. They changed, they put dynamic elements in their panel and the result remained robust. So later on, what they call was to somehow refine the analysis, so they split their data set, analyzing them league by league. So France, England, Spain, and Italy, and then they could compare whether this wage ratio influenced differently from one league to another. What they got overall is that the effect is the same. It's negative. So when you increase your spending, considering your revenues, you tend to decrease your performance. And this is larger for England, then Italy, then France, then Spain. So better management in these countries means better performance in the domestic leagues. And in the last step, yeah, when to say something? For me, it's interesting. And I have one question again for both of you. We've had this kind of question maybe in a similar way before. Now, suppose as an Atletico or as a Fluminense supporter, you hear from the news that a big investor is going to take over your club. Are you looking forward to that? Because, you know, they, they might spend now a shitload of money or is it like, ah, no, I preferred how it was before. Yeah, I like this idea because it allows you to reflect a little bit on what money and new players may mean for the team. And I do believe in the results the authors find here is not necessarily correlated. I would not be too excited if someone 
from outside comes to a new club and wants to spend a lot of money because also if you're looking at the long-term and the short-term relationships, that might mean something else for performance that might have a different influence. But also the way like funds relate to the clubs and all these things changes as well. So I like what the authors are trying to do here and I do believe the results they find. Well, for Flum. In Brazil, we are having discussions more and more because we change our law. We allow clubs to be owned by individuals. It wasn't in the past. So we were one of the few countries that we couldn't purchase a football club. Recently, it has changed. And now more and more investors are entering, like Ronaldo now is owning Cruzeiro. And there's a guy who bought Botafogo, Vasco, and so on. I personally wouldn't like to see Fluminense being purchased. I mean, there's all that sport economics discussion between profit maximization and uh, utility maximization and many other elements that I wouldn't like to see my team having an owner. I still would like to keep this as an association. So for these perspectives, let's keep Fluminense the way it is. But returning to the results, there is just one more element that we were talking about, the probability to reach the UEFA Champions League or the, the UEFA Championships. Not only the performance in domestic leagues, they were talking like, what about going to the stop tournaments. And what they got is this compliance with the break-even restriction that Carlos said very nice in the beginning. So if the teams were not spending, were not overspending the money based on the revenues, they still increase the likelihood of reaching the UEFA Champions League. They somehow measure the marginal effect and say that if they increase 10% in this wage ratio, it would decrease in about 6% our probability of classification to Europa Championship. So it's quite significant and in the sense clubs the the general takeaway we take from the results is that the good management provides better financial results but also sportive results in the european football the results are quite interesting also because clubs do not necessarily have to comply with this UEFA financial fair play if they do not uh, compete in these competitions but they are incentivized to do so because at some point if they want to participate, they somehow have to comply with this rule. So the authors also make this point in the paper. I think it's quite interesting trying to understand what happens to overinvestment and how that might influence the domestic leaks because it's an ongoing discussion and we probably will see more papers about this in the future. Cornell, Tadeo, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned 